So many thousands of pictures now on the, on the web already. It's quite extraordinary. And the royal wedding, it was, it was quite something. And that service, um, I, I was so moved so many times. Uh, and I've been to a lot of weddings as a minister of nearly 30 years now. I've done a few in my time. And, uh, and yet, I, uh, you know, I was hovering in the door, as I think I said a little earlier, with a cup of coffee on my way out to the garage, you know. And I ended up sitting down and watching the whole thing with Fliss, and it was just tremendous. And I want to say, that young man, James, Catherine's brother, who read the Romans 12 passage, it was outstanding. You know, what an amazing passage, first of all. You know, do not think of yourself too highly, you know, do not despise though of low stature. I mean, a wonderful passage. And he read it just magnificently. I just couldn't have done anything like this well that myself, and I've had some dramatic training. He just did it amazing, and God was in the place. And a third of the world's population joined in that moment. How extraordinary, how extraordinary. But, you know, as father of four children and three girls, Having been father of the bride, you know, at least two, twice already, you know, it, it's quite an experience. And I love this picture here that, you know, there is, of course, there's the, the uh, you know, actually, let's go on to the, one, the next picture, Matt, without the royal wedding on it so we can see the picture. Just a boy and a girl. Wonderful. Thank you. That's a bit better. But I, I noticed something about this. Since I have given my own daughters away in holy matrimony, I have a great empathy personally with the father of the bride. I know what it's like. And I remember the first time I walked my daughter down the, the aisle. You know, that was a funny moment for me. I was quite taken by surprise. You know, we'd been busy as a family getting everything ready and of course the wedding day arrives and somebody's got to dash off here and take the bridesmaids to get their hair done there and the flowers arriving and all the sort of usual thing and finally the house begins to empty and, and you're just left there with your daughter, the bride-to-be and the driver's waiting and it's all been chaos and all been busy and all been lots of excitement and then you get in the car and, and we sat in the car and we didn't say much and we went to the the church where Noel was getting married. And I remember getting out of that and everybody was inside and we, you know, a few photographs and the bridesmaids fuss around a bit and then we start walking in. And as I stepped through that door, I experienced an emotion which I, I even now I can't describe. It, it took me quite by surprise. In fact, one of my other daughters said following the reception, when the, when the dust was setting, they said, Dad, you had a funny look on your face as you came down there. What was the matter with you? Having indigestion or something? Forever. We're just trying to hold it together. But I noticed something yesterday, a little sort of personal detail. The father, Kate's father, who had done so well, when he finally sort of handed her over to be married, suddenly he's just father of the bride, and he was trembling. He had been rock steady before that. And I thought, it's hitting him. There's all this hullabaloo and fanfare and it's wonderful, but this is still his little daughter. This is still his kitty. And he's just given her away. An extraordinary moment. In the midst of all this fanfare and goodness knows what, 
There's an extraordinary heart-stopping moment. Let's watch a little video clip. This is Steve Martin on Father of Bride. Many of you will know this, but I love this movie. In fact, the first time I saw it, 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 I loved it, but it terrified me. I had to start saving for the the wedding after that. It really galvanized me into action. I'm fond of Steve Martin, but but this is a a lovely little poignant moment in, in the line, the spirit of what I'm trying to communicate here. Let's just watch it. Thanks, Matt. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here together in the presence of family, friends, and loved ones for the purpose of uniting in matrimony. All I could think of was the part I had to play. Then suddenly I went blank. I had one line and I couldn't remember it. When the Reverend said, who presents this woman, was I supposed to say, that's me? Or was it, I do? I couldn't think. I felt every eye in the place boring into the back of my neck, waiting for me to screw up. When suddenly, it was upon me. Who presents this woman in holy matrimony? I do. (laughs) Annie and Brian, you have come here today to join your hands. Who presents this woman? This woman. This vow of marriage is most solemn. But she's not a woman, she's just a kid. And she's leaving us. And with a deep realization of its obligations, and responsibilities. I realized at that moment that I was never going to come home again and see Annie at the top of the stairs. Never going to see her again at our breakfast table in her nightgown and socks. I suddenly realized what was happening. Annie was all grown up and leaving us. And something inside began to hurt. I, Brian McKenzie. I, Brian McKenzie. Take thee, Annie Banks. Take thee, Annie Banks. To be my wedded wife. To be my wedded wife. To love and to comfort from this day forward. To love and to comfort from this day forward. I, Annie Banks. I, Annie Banks. Take thee, Brian McKenzie. Take thee, Brian McKenzie. To be my lawful wedded husband. To be my lawful wedded husband. To love and to comfort from this day forward love and comfort from this day forward. The ring, please. With this ring, as a token of my love and affection, I thee wed. With this ring, as a token of my love and affection, I thee wed. 
with this ring, as a token of my love and affection, I thee wed. With this ring, as a token of my love and affection, By virtue of the authority vested in me, I now pronounce you husband and wife. You may kiss the bride. son said it was time to part. I love that film. I've watched it countless times. And it's funny, watching you guys, all the women are going, <laughs> and all the guys are going, and all the dads are going, uh. <laughs> it's an extraordinary thing. But can you imagine, though? I mean, the father of the bride, I mean, I, as, as I said, I've done it a couple of times now. And, there's also the expense. I wonder what happened when Kate came home and, and at the breakfast table one morning and said, uh, just said, you just let it slip. Um, <clears throat> Mom, Dad, I got some news for you guys. Really, what's that? Well, uh, Williams asked me to marry him. And I bet his mother went, yeah! And all his sisters went, yeah! And his dad said, couldn't he have married someone cheaper? <laughs> going to cost a fortune paying for that lot you know I bet there were many conversations late into the night around the kitchen table discussing the wedding and the bits and pieces I wonder if they had that kind of conversation about the guest list you know 2,000 people were invited to the actual abbey then 600 went to, of course to the, the official reception and then I think 300 went to the the reception in, that, in, uh, in the evening, the sort of party thing, but there must have been many conversations about who do we invite and who can't we invite. Of course, there's the kings and the queens and there's the presidents and there's the ambassadors and then there's various officials and then there's Will and Kate's friends and, and then there's family friends. Who do we invite and who don't we invite? I, I wonder if they had a conversation like this. Let's run the second clip, please, Matt. $250 a head means for the four of us to attend this wedding in our own home will cost $1,000. Getting up from this table until we cut this list down to the bare minimum. Now invite as many people as you want to the church. Pack them in. Build a grandstand if you want, but we are not having more than 150 people in this house on the day of the wedding. All right, well, let's start eliminating. Okay. Jim Pepper and wife. Oh, great. Start with one of my guys. Fine. We'll start with one of mine. I'll cut Steve and Stephanie Terrell. They're very good clients Say of no mine. Say no more of their history. All right, Pepper and White. I've known the guy for 20 years. You haven't seen him in 15, George. All right, I'll say I lost his address. Now, now here's somebody. Your cousin Betsy, the poet-waitress uh, picture framer. We can't cut family. <laughs> they know about the wedding. I only invited one person, Cameron. Mom said he could have a friend there. For 250 bucks, you can see Cameron after the wedding. All right, very good. Five down. Rolling. All right, what about Harry Kirby? We haven't seen him in ages. Uh, I don't know. Didn't Harry Kirby die last year? Yes, good. Oh, uh, sorry. 
Who's Frank Egelhofer? What? He's coordinating the wedding, and then we're not going to invite him? Exactly. You think I'm going to pay a guy 15% plus an hourly plus an additional $500 to feed him and that assistant of his? Have you lost your mind? Can I put Ken back on the list if he promises not to eat? You know, that's not a bad idea. Who else can we ask not to eat? My parents, your mother. Why don't we just charge people? That way we can make money on the wedding. Annie. Uh... I was kidding. It's a great clip, and, and I must confess, I can laugh at that, but I'm embarrassed because we had a few conversations like that when my own daughters were getting married, and then you forget that your daughter's actually listening in, and suddenly you feel embarrassed and you feel a little ashamed. But on the day, it all comes right, and quite frankly, you just are thrilled that you put all the effort into it that you did. And yesterday, there's no two ways about it. It was a wonderful event. It was a, a fabulous experience. But you know what? As I was thinking about this, I came to realize something. I was thinking about it during the week, that actually this wedding, no matter how good, and it was good, is actually just a glimpse. It's, I won't say a dress rehearsal, but you know what I mean. It's, it's a, a glimpse of the wedding of the Lamb. We're, we're Christians in this place. We're followers of Jesus. And, and last Sunday, we were celebrating Easter. And, and actually, I have to say, I've already had one or two people come up to me this morning just telling me how, how touched and moved and impacted they were by last Sunday. Last Sunday, I think, was one of the best Easter celebrations we've had at Vineyard for many a long year, and we've had some good ones. But quite apart from anything else, you know, there was the, just the fun and the worship and, and, and the kids doing their thing, which was tremendous. But to have those baptisms some, somehow, seeing those 20 or so adults being baptized was just an extraordinary thing. But all of that is celebrating the fact that Jesus has died for our sins is celebrating the fact that Jesus has risen from the dead, and of course that's what Easter is about, that he's alive, but there's something else we're looking forward to, and that's him coming again. The wedding of the Lamb, an extraordinary thing. Let me just read a few verses here, and we'll, we'll, we'll eavesdrop or catch another glimpse of something that is yet to come. Thanks, Matt. This is a vision of heaven. The 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshiped God, who was seated on the throne, and they cried, Hallelujah, Amen, and Hallelujah. Then a voice came from the throne saying, Praise our God, all you his servants, you who fear him, both great and small. Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters and like loud peals of thunder shouting, Hallelujah, for our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him the glory for the wedding of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. Then the angel said to me, write, Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, these are the true words of God. Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. These are the true words of God. A glimpse of the, of the fanfare 
at the beginning of the wedding of the, the era, the age, heralding the new age to come. But as I consider that, you know, that statement, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb, I had to ask myself, who's invited? Who's invited? A third of the world's population eavesdropped. Strained their necks, caught a glimpse. I spoke to one person at the end of the first service who camped out. They'd never done anything like it before. And they thought, well, I'm gonna do this. One of those things I wanna do before I die. And they, they camped out to catch a glimpse of, of the procession as it went by, the various sort of dignitaries, and of course the bride and groom themselves. And they said it was worth it. These folk here, that's just one of many crowd shots, just an extraordinary sea of humanity, people who had come to actually share in that moment. The sad thing is, although they were allowed, they were invited, they weren't invited. They weren't in the inner sanctuary, they weren't in the cathedral, they weren't at the party, they were behind cordons. They were behind police cordons, and didn't the police handle themselves with dignity and panache? That, that slow walk down the, was it the mile? Is that a, yes, it was the mile. That slow walk down the mile, it was just an amazing thing, I thought. So much of it sent shivers up and down my spine. But they weren't invited, in the real sense of the word. But the wedding feast of the Lamb, the biggest wedding that is to be, when Christ himself marries, is wed with his church, his bride. Who's invited to that? Will we get one of those lovely gold Boston invitations? The sort of thing that having received once you cherish and you frame and you put it on your mantelpiece to tell your grandkids about. Will you get one of those? to the wedding of the, the era. Let's, let's just eavesdrop on scripture again. And, and Luke chapter 14, this is some teaching of Jesus. And, and he's talking to his disciples and he's speaking prophetically. He's foretelling and he's giving insights into what it's going to be like when. And he tells this little story which gives us the heart and the insight and the, and the real meat of the matter on this topic. So, let's look at it. When one of those at the table with Jesus heard him, he said to Jesus, blessed are those who eat at the feast of the kingdom of God. And Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great feast and invited many guests, a wedding feast. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servants to tell those who had been invited, come now, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I I've just bought a field. I'm sorry, I must go and see it. Please, please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please, please tell him, I'm sorry. A third said, I've just got married. I I'm sorry, I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to, this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant get out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. 
Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that, they, that, so that my house will be full. And I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. Amazing. The wedding of the lamb. Who's invited? You're invited. You won't be excluded on this one. You won't have to camp out behind a barrier and then have a cordon and then have a TV truck shop at the last minute to obscure your view. You're invited. The extraordinary thing to me is that, as we saw in that reading, is that all over this world, in every age, people are looking at that invitation and they're sending it back saying, thanks, but no thanks. How can that be? How can that be? People are sending back that invitation. Do they realize they're doing that? Maybe not. You see, when you consider Jesus who died for the sins of the world, when you consider that he died for your sin and my sin, when you consider that all we have to do now is receive the invitation, accept the invitation, accept Jesus who is the one who opens the way up for us, who takes us into the Father's presence, on whose ticket, if you like, we get in there. Once you receive Jesus, ask him to forgive your sin and come and live in your life. Once you do that, then you're in. And more than in, you're not just a face in the crowd in Westminster Abbey, and there were 2,000 there, who are sort of have an obscured seat halfway behind the, fillet, the, the pillar, but you are there. You are there as a son and a daughter. In that wedding yesterday, Andrew was there as best man. James, Kate, Catherine's brother read the reading. Philippa was the, the bridesmaid. They were in the very center of it all. That's God's heart and plan for you at the wedding feast of the Lamb, that you will be in the very center of it, not behind some pillar peering round, hoping to catch a glimpse. So as we consider the events of this weekend, and wonderful they've been, and I shall truly, personally, remember them for the rest of the days of my life. Every time I see that couple, I will think back to that day yesterday with affection. But as we carry that memory, that corporate experience, let us not miss out the fact that there is a greater wedding still to come. The invitations have gone out. Yours is on the mantelpiece even now. Have you replied yet? Are you in? Or are you still not sure what to do with it? Or have you temporarily lost it? It's behind the clock somewhere. I think that's where I left it. Or have you already made up your mind and sent it back? Thanks, but no thanks. However and whatever, there is still time to accept an invitation to the wedding of the Lamb. Let's pray. Can I have the worship team come up and we'll finish with a song? Thanks, sir. Let's just stand and pray, shall we?
Lord Jesus, you have made so much possible for us. It, it, it takes our breath away. We thank you, Lord God, that by your death and your resurrection, you have made it possible for us to know forgiveness of sins. And washed clean, we can come into your presence. Nothing holds us back or hinders us as we seek you and we ask you to forgive us and to fill our life with your life so we begin again a new life as a son and a daughter. We ask, Lord God, that this revelation would go deep in us. For those of us who've yet to make that decision, may we make that decision in your favor, Lord, and live our lives accordingly. So yes, Lord, bless William and Catherine. Bless us all. But bless you for inviting us and indeed making it possible to be part of the wedding of the Lamb. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you.